Welcome to the Kelowna Real Estate Podcast with your host, award-winning realtor, Matt Glenn, and top producing mortgage broker, Taylor Atkinson. Professionals in the industry, enthusiastic entrepreneurs, and successful investors. When it comes to real estate, we're all in. All right, what's happening today, Taylor? Oh, not much, man. Just uh, spent the last month at Big White with say, epic snowfall. Yeah, yeah. I took a bit of hiatus, so we need to get back into the studio. But yeah, it how, was. How was Big White? It's fantastic. You guys come close to buying any properties there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, want to buy some for sure. Yeah. Just wait. Got for very it. close to wanting to buy them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just waiting for it to dip, like everyone else. Yeah. But, well, maybe uh, in the summer might have a little bit of a buying opportunity there. Yeah, I think so. A lot of cool listings have come on recently. Yeah. But yeah, the snow is just incredible. And went out, did a couple laps, did a bit of work. I love that's a, that's what Emily was saying too. That's that actually sounds wicked. I think a uh, big white's usually pretty nice in February. It was, yeah. It was a good work life balance. Like, yeah. I'd go for a couple hours. I bet it would. <laughs> oh, you're like five minutes. You're at big life for a month. And you're like, yeah, it was a good work life balance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was mostly, mostly life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, you all strive for work life balance. I'm like yeah. taking a phone call on the chairlift. I'm like, okay, yeah. I've got eight minutes. I'm going up the powder chair. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's get this done. I love that. Yeah. How, uh, how have you been doing? Good. I've been slaving away as usual. Yeah, it's been awesome. The market does seem to be picking up a bit. I've been sensing it. I've had a few deals myself close and uh, offers coming in and I can feel that something's changing. Like I don't, obviously we're not going to go through the boom that we had just because the interest rates are too high to, yeah. to they're performing their desired effect. But um, yeah, I think we're gonna have a very normal, very normal year back to the seasonal yeah. uh, spring, summer boom or like busier. And then, uh, yeah, it's kind of nice actually. It's a nice market. Yeah, I was at a lender presentation yesterday at Rustic Real. So yeah, pretty cool spot. Nice. Um, MCAP put it on. They brought in a bunch of speakers, which was fantastic. One that was really interesting uh, was a lady from CMHC, oh, yeah. so the insurance premium company, yeah, yeah. along with an efficiency inspector. So basically what's happening in BC, so by 2032, all of Canada is essentially supposed to you know, we're moving to that net zero when you build a house. So higher efficiency windows, yeah. uh, electrification on heat pumps, et cetera. Yeah. But a really interesting fact that she brought up, which nobody in the room knew about, and I don't know if any listeners or maybe you don't know about either, but I think it's valuable is you'll get 25% of your CMHC fee back in a rebate. If you've purchased a home in the last two years, and if that home has been built in the last five years, meaning it's built to a certain step code, so step code one, and it's CMHC insured. So essentially, if you buy a $750,000 new build house or condo, you put less than 20% down. So you'll pay CMHC fees. So say you put the minimum down payment, your CMHC fee would be $28,000. You would get a check for $7,000. So awesome. they're doing that for people that already bought Already bought. So if you have any clients that have purchased in the last two years and it was a new build, owner-occupied, less than 20% down, insured, you fill out an application, they'll send you a check in the mail or direct deposit in your bank. So you have, do you have to know that you're qualified to get this or that they're not going to get a hold of you? Or Yeah, exactly. And so everybody in the room was like, what? this seems like a really good opportunity. Like, why are you not out contacting and kind of sending that information out? Yeah. Like, well, you know, it'd be really hard to to reach out to everyone. So that's kind of, you know, we're giving you guys. Wouldn't it be the easiest for them? They have a list. Absolutely. Like they can list. hundred percent. Yeah. They're like, oh, new, new insurance premium. 
Great. We'll send you an email. So, at least send their brokers one or something. I know. So amazing opportunity. So if you're listening, if you've purchased in the last two years and the property was built in the last five years, you can apply for this grant. Okay. That's just, okay. March 1st right now, March 2nd. So two years ago is March 2021. Yeah. So basically all of 2021 and 2022. Yeah. The project is newer than what? 2019, 18. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. Nice. Yeah. I mean, they're obviously like to be insured less than 20% down on our occupied. Like yep. there's some stipulations there. Um, it's gotta be less than a million dollars, et cetera. Yep. But you would know if you've had to buy CMHC insurance and what that does, that just goes on to your uh, mortgage. I, I honestly don't know if you would know because like if you get a mortgage with only 10% down, you might not know. Right. You might not know. But so essentially if you put less than 20% down, you could definitely be, granted into this program. Awesome. That's uh, fantastic. Yeah. So pretty, pretty cool. And that, that premium that you paid for is just tapped onto your mortgage. So it's being amortized, but then you get a full check back. So it's cash back. So Very if anyone's cool. listening that knows anyone, put them in touch and we can kind of direct them, but yeah, pretty cool. That is very, very cool. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well the show today, sorry to take up so much time. Uh, I thought that was a cool piece of information, no, definitely. but the, the show today is mind blowing, man. Um, Really? Yeah, Russell Mortlock, what a guy. That guy has got a lot going on. Yeah, really loved his ambition, his uh, openness. Authenticity. Yeah, yeah like he is just uh, laying it all on, on the line. Like he's a solid, he's a solid guy. Yeah, doing a, doing a lot in business. His Apex group was really cool to hear about. Whether you're an investor, somebody that just wants to learn about investing, connect to anyone, realtor that wants to join a team and get some coaching, definitely a guy you want to reach out to. Yeah, I don't even think you need to join a team. You just, coaching you for free yeah yeah and he is uh yeah he's super ambitious well-spoken he's a this was a fun episode i think we could have talked to him for hours yeah yeah we'll we'll definitely be having him back but um, yeah anyways yeah. let's let's get to the show all right how's it going russ it's going good thanks for having me on thanks for coming yeah thanks for coming i'm seeing you all over social media killing it i love it yeah no for sure i i never had any social media before i got into being an agent in real estate. Yeah. I used to have like a rule that I could only be on my phone an hour a day. Yeah. So now it's, it's so funny, like how I'm like trying to be this, not necessarily influencer, but uh, like a social media dude. I well, guess. you're on your way. Uh, the same thing with me before I was an agent, never, never taken a selfie, never been on social media, none of that. And you become an agent all of a sudden it's all, it's like a big part of what you do. And then I tried to do the same thing, not be my hour a day is just not an hour or less of like scrolling, like that kind of shit. You know so what? what I mean? Yeah. How many hours a day are you on now? Dude, I'd have no idea. I don't <laughs> even check my screen time anymore. So, yeah. I try not to scroll at all. Say if I am, well, if I be truthful, like the person that edits all my social media is the yeah. one that posts it all. Oh, so yeah. I'm usually just going on in terms of uh, maybe DMing some people, try to get some lead, check in. Like I do have some friends on there that post some pretty funny stuff. Check yep. that out. Yep. Um, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm heavy on YouTube, man. Oh, I can yeah, go in a dark hole there. There's some people I've like tried to ban, like Trevor Wallace and like some, like even like yeah. Joe Rogan and some of those funny comedians, yeah. Bobby Lee. Yeah. Man, next thing I know, I'm like, I know. That's the problem. They get you. Those algorithms are tuned yeah. to get you. Oh, well, yeah. I, like Brandon Turner made a good point for Bigger Pockets. Was like, you just don't want to be a consumer on social media. Like yeah. You want to be able to provide content, but you don't want to go down that. I feel like cool. if you're spending time putting out content and DMing people and using it usefully, I don't think that's really that bad. 
It's the when you just spend two hours down a TikTok rabbit hole and you have no idea what you've just witnessed, but you feel a little bit dumber. That's the problem, right? Yeah, no, totally. Like, I want to see how things are actually working, what's engaging. And I, I do like the look at like some other people that are like providing some things that I maybe rip off of. Um, yeah. I think a big thing on social media now in what I need to do better showing my personality, it's like, hey, I'm not just the square pants behind uh, a camera here. That, you like, do pretty good. Talks a little robotic, but I would like to show a little bit more flavor. So uh, the guy that edits all my stuff is is making me try to do some more personality. So yeah. I'll be excited to see. I'm filming another video tomorrow and had some other stuff come out there where I'm trying to do not really any scripted. It's just yeah. improv kind of good for you. some stuff up. So we'll see how it goes. Man, the first time I ever saw you, actually, I just remembering this now. The uh, first time I ever saw you, you were, I saw like you were on like, I think it was, Instagram or TikTok or maybe YouTube, but you did these videos and I was watching. I'm like, these videos are awesome. Then I was looking in the background and realized you were in Kelowna. I'm like, who is this guy? And I, I DM'd you. I think that's actually how I met you. Yeah, yeah. no, that's definitely how we first connected. Yeah. So that's well, awesome. You you're, for, you're putting on stellar content. Welcome to the uh, icebreaker. This segment of the show is brought to you by Taylor at Venture Mortgages. Come venture into the exciting world of mortgages. Something funny, interesting about yourself. Do you want to shed some light on that? I'm trying to remember what I said, but I think a frequent flyer to Dairy Queen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. which like you're yeah. my spirit animal, man. Yeah, yeah. I love. It's like we're we talking like a pint a day. Or oh, dude, I could go on a tangent. Like I would say, <laughs> I relatively live really healthy, but man, I got some weakness for some food. So <laughs> Blizzard Sundays. Uh, you, you usually Blizzard, yeah. but yeah. Uh, it depends what I'm feeling. I am a frequent flyer. Like I always joke around with people that I know which Dairy Queen like quarter pumps the sauce. So it's like you're getting that Sunday from there. Like you just want to stay away from oh my them. God. What about the one by Nestor's? That's the one that's closest to us. Though. They're good. Nice. They're good. Yeah, nice. the one on um, is right by Independent. They're a bunch of quarter sauce pumpers if you get a Sunday there. All right, hear that, Becca? We're never going there. Yeah. 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 Like as soon as I saw that answer, I was like, I don't think this dude eats Dairy Queen. <laughs> Yeah. And I always like joke when I go through the drive through with my girlfriend because that what is the closest to where we live. So yeah, yeah. Uh, we do hit that up. I'm like, man, I, I got to bring it up. Like, I can't just let this continue on that this guy's going to quarter pump my son. <laughs> I'll have a liter of cola. Yeah. I'll yeah. Have a full pump. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's uh, awesome. I've never even thought of that, actually. Yeah. Uh, uh, like, you want to get the ratio down, right? Yeah, like, you're cool. paid for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you want to see, I want to see you hold that cup upside down. Yeah. You want good value for sure. <laughs> I mean, you can start your own like blog on that. Just yeah. where are the best Dairy Queens? Yeah, you're looking at content. There's some content idea. Yeah. Hey, yeah. man, if you see my Lower Mission tour video, I might mention that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's I'll check that closest out. Closest one to Dairy Queen. <laughs> yeah. One in the Lower Mission, one in South Pendozi? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Not that I've never been there before. Yeah. No, I'm totally joking. Like, I'm supposed to film a video for where the richest people in Kelowna live on Friday. Yeah. Also, the guy I'm filming with, we're supposed to go down Hobson and Lakeshore. Yeah. And yeah. I was going to, like, one of the things we thought of doing was, like, we both rip up a couple of blizzards and, like, eat it up front of this house and just be like, yeah, like, this is probably one of the best reasons why these people live here. Yeah. Like, it yeah. wouldn't be like something like, oh, the kernel of rich people eat, eat yeah. ice cream. But. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Hopefully we yeah. do it. I might be just all talking about no. here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What, uh, what's your favorite season in Kelowna? Summer for sure. That's yeah. the main reason why I came out here. I came from Medicine Hat and where I worked before. I had to work out in the cold. So I came here for the weather for sure. Not that I take advantage of going to the lake or I haven't even been on a boat since I moved out here, but uh, the summer for sure. That's funny. I just went on the boat for the first time this last summer for years. I obviously have been on lots of boats, but this 
since like I lived in Kelowna this last summer. I don't know why. Kind of funny. Do you, do you eat more Dairy Queen in the summer? Jeez, no, I wouldn't say I really try to, I definitely don't. Uh, you got a seasonal yeah, yeah, like uh, yeah. I'd say pretty consistent to it. I certainly don't have the abs to be probably like a, a continuous boater. Yeah, right. so, uh, nice. Love in, like I do have a girlfriend, so it probably doesn't really matter what my body looks like unless I go. Not really prospecting out there either. Right? So I think she's all right if I gain maybe yeah. a quick twenty or something yeah. like that. So nice. Nice. yeah, we'll we'll find out. I guess. Yeah. Okay, and what's your drink of choice? Coffee, cocktail, beer, wine? Coffee. I, I don't drink alcohol, so yeah, just coffee. Do you not drink at all? No. Uh, ever? or like? Oh, no, I used to. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. 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 Funny enough, so I would like reworded that question because I was like, I'm just forcing people into talking. I, well, alcohol. when we wrote that question, like I was not drinking at the time. Like I took like eight months off last year. Yes. And then now I, like especially since Becca's pregnant, I like hardly ever drink. Yeah. Like at all. But I do like a beer once in a while. But yeah. it's okay. When I the baby's that. born, and you'll you'll be drinking a bit more often. I I do feel like this is becoming more popular. People are not drinking. Hey, eh? like that's the thing. That's like a yeah. No, like when I was probably about six years ago is when I was twenty two. I stopped. Yeah, just because of like some personal reasons and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. You know, some addiction issues. But like I still like say last year my buddy like my best friend's wedding when I was his best man. Like yeah, like I'm gonna get after it yes yeah. his bachelor party like, yeah i'm not like, that big of a square yeah if someone's drinking in front of me like i don't really care it's just yeah. a personal choice no. yeah good for um, you rightfully so yeah it's yeah. uh slows down product i love that for sure good for you yeah. hey if you're gonna eat dairy queen you gotta you gotta offset it somewhere yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay if you got 12 hours left in Kelowna, what would you do for fun so yeah i think i would stick to true like what I like to do when I have nothing to do is like, yeah, just go get probably some Dairy Queen and then read. Like that's really what, as lame as it sounds, like fills up my cup. But awesome. truthfully, what I probably said there is my girlfriend would probably decide what we do because yeah, that was a good answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Smoking like a future husband. Yeah. Are you? Uh, what kind of books do you read? Uh, pretty much everything. So, kind of depends what phase I'm in. Right now, I'm reading a lot of business books. Yeah. So the book I'm reading is The Hard Things About Hard Things. So it just talks about how truly hard it is building a business. I try Sounds to really like read. Yeah. <laughs> I, I try to like structure my reading to like kind of where I'm at. So like say when I was doing a lot of real estate investing, like yeah. I'm only reading real estate investing. Yeah. Or right now, like I would say I am going through some maybe adversity in my business. So I wanted to read some like biographies. So read Elon Musk's book about how like difficult yeah. it was like scaling SpaceX and all that. And I'm like, fuck, like. All I got is like maybe some annoying clients I got to get back to. Like this guy's trying to go to the moon. He's like, if he doesn't do it, he's going to be shafted like a hundred million years. So like, yeah. I think I'm all right. Yeah, you yeah, know what I mean? Good point. So uh, I try to do that too with it. So like I'll order a whole bunch, kind of like how I'm feeling, but try to read a lot. That's one habit that I would say change. Are they all like, uh, they're all like nonfiction, self-improvement kind of books that you read? Yeah, pretty much. You don't read any like? No, I... I want to just because I do think if you were to be able to learn how good fiction stories are told, yeah, yeah. it'd probably make me a better content developer just of the storytelling aspect. So I'm not even naive to the fact that like with me only reading fiction, I'm probably losing out on some creativity. But uh, may- maybe one day like I'd get it. I'd rather just probably watch Harry Potter than read that one. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I find reading like fiction books, like novels and stuff like that is pretty good for expanding your vocabulary. And like also there's awesome. I like reading both things too so that's wicked yeah now that we've we've broken the ice a bit um do you just want to start like what's your origin story you you came from medicine hat 
Is that where you? Yeah, no, totally. I can, I guess I'll tell you my like diatribe of my life here. So yeah. Um, Lay it all out, man. Yeah. For you. Very classic Canadian story. So pretty much not a very good hockey player, but wanting to play. So did everything to like try to pursue the dream and realized like, Hey, like a, like I was not putting in what I needed to do. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I did not have the skills either. But I was still just playing junior hockey because I, I didn't know what to do in my life. So yeah. when I was 19, I finished that season. My billet dad was an industrial pipe fitter. He said I'd like it. That very next, as soon as I got home, I applied for that job and got one. And it ended up being like the best thing that ever happened to me because I had no clue. So now I was in an industry that I was making decent money. The reason why it was the best thing for me is something that I actually was really good at, like just somehow happened to be really good at it. It was simple math. Yeah, You had to lift stuff, like being a bigger dude, like yeah. that was fine. You just kind of yeah. had to hard work. And as bad as it sounds, like in some of that industry, it's not too hard to stick out if you yeah. kind of have some good team skills. Like I was able to work with people, showed some of that. So was given a lot of opportunities ahead of my time, but ultimately it gave me a lot of free cash flow to start investing in real estate. But yeah, so then I started making some good money and just knowing from like where my parents were at, like my dad always worked two jobs his whole entire life for us to afford for our family. We had our one rental property, which was kind of like a North Star. And it really helped us. Like if say something came up, we could refinance it or whatever. You could pull money out of that. We could do whatever. It just became a really good rock for our family to have that we could rely on if we wanted to do stuff like my sister and stuff played at a really expensive academy. So you can use things like that to do it, which was pretty cool, right? And so I saw that and kind of knowing my story, like knowing you read it, that 90% of people that don't come from money start real estate. I'm like, well, that kind of stops with me. So So did you, you knew from a young age, you're going to be in real estate investing some way? No. When did you get that? When did that light turn on? I'd say 21. So I, I would say I had a really big change in the way I thought and all that. Like I almost went through like going back to like drinking, like had some like real bad issues that was going on personally with like addiction and all that. And I would guess my whole entire life had a lot of insecurities because like I I have a learning disability. So I was like dyslexic and all that stuff was always not in like good classes. So I thought I was an idiot, like my whole entire life. And all of a sudden went to pipe fitting and it gave me some confidence because I was good at it. But then I had this money and started investing in real estate. And then I realized that like, Hey, like anyone can do that. Like yeah. any, you don't have to be a genius. It just really comes down to like good decision-making, how you operate it. And it's simple math. Like anyone can figure yeah. it out. So it kind of just drew to me. And, and my dad always said to me, he's like, Hey, one thing I would have done more in my twenties was buy as many properties as I could. Yeah. Oh, nice. So yeah. then as soon as that happened, I'm like, Hey, shit, let's just figure this out. So was he kind of your coach mentor? Like, how did you, how did you get the confidence for real estate, was anyone else giving you hints or are you just reading books and talking to your dad? Not even that. Like I was started dabbling in the stock market and she made a lot of money, which was like a curse. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I'll tell that story too. So I'm like 20 years old, like literally sitting in like the the lunchroom with all like the dudes and they're yeah. like, oh, like let's buy some weed stocks with the guys and yeah. like put money in there. And I ended up making like 80 grand. <laughs> nice. D- did what anyone, so I'm like, fun. Like, now I got to start like learning about this. Like, what am I going to do with this money? Like, yeah. and I was still living at home with my parents. So yeah. like I, I had some good circumstances. So I was like, hey, everything I'm reading up on says you need to take yeah, your yeah, profits yeah, yeah. and keep it in and keep take going. Money and run. So I think I took out 50K left 30 in there and I started investing the rest of the 50k and lost every cent. Oh, really? 
So it was like, a, it was a blessing and a curse. Cause then right after that happened, I'm like, holy man, like you got to take this serious. Like yeah. you can't just go off of like Dale in the lunchroom who's yeah. like, ripping his sandwich and telling me I need to buy this weed stock <laughs> yeah. as my financial advisor. Um, so then I started taking all this. God damn it, Dale. Yeah. yeah. Then I just was like, okay, hey, I'm going to need around a hundred grand to buy a duplex and this and that and saved up enough money and then bought it. Sweet. Yeah. So that was the first purchase was yeah. a duplex. Yeah. Awesome. And you rented them both out or you lived yep. in one? Yeah. yeah. Rented them both out. So, and then just went from there where like I'd buy one, live in it for a bit and then move out. So I repeated that cycle a couple more times where I would always be looking for suited homes where yeah. pretty much what would rent in the basement suite would cover majority of the mortgage, um, live in the upstairs, the little rent I'd charge my girlfriend. I was like living for free. So then I was like, yeah, how do you rent tracks do? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, hey, it's a 50 50 partnership. Yeah. Yeah. We dispute about groceries. I probably eat about 80%. Yeah. Hey, it's 50 50. <laughs> That's awesome. Good for you for doing that. That's uh, so obviously that what market that was in Medicine Hat. So that does it still cash flow that well? Because oh, yeah, like before I actually left, like the main reason why I waited to move here is when I did leave. I was making enough like cash flow from the properties that I held that yeah. it was covering all my expenses to live. Like that was when I was like extremely frugal. Like you're leaving yeah, yeah. like the rich guy next door or whatever that book is. Steve, who's a plumber, is a millionaire yeah. kind of thing. I'm like, yeah. oh fuck, I'm a pipe fitter. I gotta yeah. count my chickens here. So I had my spreadsheets. I had all that shit going. And nice. Yeah, I was able to. I could save almost every. I kept my cash flow in there because I wanted my reserves. But if yeah. I wanted to, I could have lived off of uh, what I was making yeah. from my real estate net income. So to kind of fast track that you got one property and you're at six now. Yeah. Yeah. And they're so, all in medicine. Hat? Yeah. Yeah. One in Lethbridge. Have you ever okay. sold any? Are you no, no. So I, I can you. touch on all that stuff too. So kind of like how I ran my business is then I started really diving into how you need a property hold debt and stuff like that. Yeah. So my vision for the future, and this is hundred percent, not the right approach either. And it does stagnate your growth on being able to buy more properties is I don't plan on refinancing or doing that with them right now. Don't get me wrong. I know people are going to tell me that's stupid because when I looked at the stuff and you'll obviously be able to attest this to a lot, Taylor, at the eight year mark is when you're going to get start paying down more of that principal. And I just kind of always hope that uh, I'm going to be really killing it in my business, that yeah. I can keep generating cash flow, have these assets really start paying it off. And, and maybe in the future, I have like a real big business idea, something like I don't know. I'm watching like a male skincare product yeah. that I need. Like, are you racing Elon to Mars? Yeah, like I, yeah. I need to raise twenty million from. Then I might potentially refinance. I'm it. just thinking you're buying Dairy Queen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah. Like I think you can make fifteen percent margin on oh, Dairy yeah. Queen from what I heard. One of my neighbors actually owns a Dairy Queen in uh, Rutland. There. Ooh, Problem is, if you own Dairy Queen, that margin would go down. Yeah, that you are oh, their geez. profit. Yeah. Man. <laughs> no. Okay. So back on track. Yeah. So you haven't touched them financially, not refied. No. How long you. have you owned most of them? Like when did? You, so I bought my first at uh, uh, 24. 24. Okay. Yeah. So bought my first at. 24. So how old are you? 28. Wow. Yeah. So you bought six properties in the span of yeah. three years? Yeah. So like we were able to bundle them together and just kept buying them. Yeah. And it worked really well because really good income, yeah. able to save a lot. We're now transitioning to be a realtor. You know what I yeah. mean? You need a couple oh, of years totally. of, yeah. you need a two year average for self-employed. Experience. For sure. So, yeah, definitely. So now it's, it's definitely tricky and trying to figure out that all that metrics to yeah. get back into it. But yeah, that's how I did it when I was working full time. And I guess my main message for everyone who wants to get in it is I do believe 90% of people should real estate invest. 
you're obviously a success story. You stay with yourself. You guys have done amazing. And what do you, what do you guys have built up? But the reason why I think 90% of people should do it is because you, for one, have full control over the asset. Yeah. There's no other investment you can do. It doesn't matter how you, what you do today, if your BMO stock, how it performs later. So like, it doesn't matter. And then you get to pick who you put in there and then how you operate. So you get full control over it and you can leverage it in the future for tax free. So that's why I think I know so many people like, oh, being a landlord sucks. It's like the shittiest thing ever. You get all these people calling. Yeah. Yeah. Like I still, I'm able to do it from here. And I still, so you have no property manager or anything. So still like, obviously I have my dad and and people that help me out when stuff goes wrong, but I kind of say that's like, I have a good um, saying for that. That's like going to school and not expecting to have homework. Like you're not going to reap the rewards and, and it's not that bad. Like if you buy the right property, especially if you do, I mean, it's probably a couple hours a month for you for a large income. Like anyone that gets a real job is yeah. No, and, and like massive, massive future benefits. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like I, I don't even know what the potential will be in the future. I just know how it's helped me now. So like say when I first moved out here, I was like, oh shit, like if I started running out of money, I potentially could touch that cash reserve or, or whatever to yeah. get me by, right? No. So what's one point in there? So you say 90% of people should invest, the 10% that shouldn't, who are those people? Oh, fuck. I've never even thought of that. <laughs> I'll tell you who it is. Walk it's, it's Dale. Dale's Dale. Yeah. Uh, well, you, like when I say 90% of people should be try. Yeah. Uh, there's like the 10% that you can probably disqualify who are people that aren't even really maybe good employees or, or things they like just that. Won't that, do it. that just won't yeah. do it. Right. Yeah. Like they need to understand like, Hey, it's not, you just rub your hands together. You go out and look at a property yeah. and do it. There's going to be some work involved. And yeah. I think everyone should at least give it a shot. Awesome. And everyone can do it. That's the thing that people, like a lot of people I talk to don't realize that they can do it. And it's so... I mean, it's pretty intimidating. But once you do it once, like yeah, yourself, right? it is. you do one transaction, the second one's that much easier. And then you just, you kind of grow and scale from there. Yeah. yeah and I yeah. pretty much would do it different after each time. So. Yeah. You learn <laughs> something, right? But so, Taylor, when you say it's intimidating, like if you can buy your principal residence, if you can justify yourself to buying a house at all is a good idea, then like, I don't understand why you wouldn't also invest Unless we just don't believe in rent, like no, I, I, I think it could be intimidating even on a primary purchase for somebody. Like it's on just like, pr- like hey, I'm don't... throwing in a ton of money, especially in a market right now where yeah. the media has a lot of scarcity. Like there's so much information out there, you don't, you know, you could just analyze this forever. For me, and this may align with you, like you buy one, you're going to make mistakes. You clean yeah. up those mistakes on the second one, you're still going to make mistakes. Like every purchase, you're going to learn, learn something, something all the time and you yeah. get better. But the mistakes in real estate, like there's so much room for error that you're, you're still profiting. You know, like there's so much margin for error that you shouldn't worry about it that much. It's not like don't focus on fundamentals, but if you can scale six properties in the span of a few years, that's amazing. That's amazing. That yeah. is awesome. Yeah, totally. And like, I think you're you're probably onto something there where it's intimidating because people think like, oh, slumlords or like you have to yeah. have this big business background to do it. And that's probably like any financial, like even any investing people just get really intimidated because a yeah. lot of like the verbiage and stuff people will use, they don't quite know. Like if you yeah. read a basic accounting book or some of that stuff, you would know everything that they're talking about. Everyone I kind of did different, like where now I'm like, hey, I know my property is going to return me 18%, even with a 4% vacancy and a 4% maintenance fee is historically what we spent. But say some of my ones that I lived in, way more high leverage. You know what I mean? I was able, I think the one I was right. like, it was like 60 some percent that ended up returning me with what I had to put down on my down payment. Don't get me wrong. I paid mortgage insurance, 
But that was interesting because I went to a conference and I was telling a guy how like I'm kind of tapped out. I got no more capital. And he's like, oh, why don't you just buy a primary residence to move out of it? <laughs> went and did it. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, but he was like explaining to me, he's like, yeah, you can do 10% down. You're actually going to get a better interest rate. Yeah. And then he was also showing me on his laptop that at like the eight year mark, you make back all that mortgage insurance on how much more equity pay down you got. I'm like, you're lying. Man. Yeah, like yeah. The, all the other ones I put down 20%. I'm a safer person to lend against. Yeah, like I have more yeah, money. I know that's a hard one to explain to clients yeah. as well. But yeah, disclaimer on that. You can't with the intent buy a place as a primary residence, Correct. CMHC fees, and then move it out and turn it into a rental. Like, yeah, you, you have to follow the guidelines, but for sure you can like, you know, if you're there for a year, you go buy the next one. Anyways, we won't. Won't dive into that too much. Okay, so what what's your metric? Like, what are you looking for? Or what were you looking for on those properties? You said like 16% return? Or? Yeah, no, 18. So it's super easy. And this can probably save a lot of people time. And it depends your market. So in Alberta, especially, say if you're in, I would say even expand this to Calgary and, and Edmonton too. You're looking for probably between 7 to 8% gross rent multiplier. So that's your annual rent uh, divided by the purchase price. If it falls anywhere in between then, then you can investigate the property. Yeah. We're here in Kelowna. You're probably looking at between five to six. Uh, and if you can hit that 6% margin, which is going to be difficult, you're probably going to break even. You might have a little cash flow for maintenance. Generally what I do, then I kind of break it down a little bit more. But 18% is what I want to look at. Like some of those ones that you can cash flow, like I was getting 10% cash on cash return yeah. just from it. So. And like, I didn't overcomplicate it. I don't factor in any appreciation. I just yeah, go basically sure. off that. Yeah. And my rule of thumb is if it's not going to lease cash flow with a 4% maintenance margin, don't even bother, especially so when you're you, starting out. Do you still want to buy out there? Yes. And that's just for what I would stage of uh, investing them in. Easy to scale, easy to keep cash flowing, building the machine of getting more cash flow, getting more things. Don't get me wrong. I move out, lose out on all the appreciation here. So it, it just depends, right? Like you got to know that. Yeah. Like I can't expect those properties to go up 30% in a year. What like kind it, of price point are you buying these properties at? So anywhere from 400 to 300. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you can get like um fourplex in there in Medicine probably for around 800, 650. You know what I mean? Like I bought some of my first duplexes right around there. They've probably gone up, I would say maybe 125 grand from what I bought it at, which is pretty sweet still, but... Yeah. And then, so what kind of rent? So you buy a place for four hundred thousand. What kind of rent do you expect? Yeah. So when I when I bought that one, it was twenty five hundred. Okay. Yeah, nice. That's, yeah, that's good. First one I bought in Kelowna was a half duplex with a non conforming suite, and I think we made just over three thousand. It was five hundred grand, believe. Yeah, and to your point, like I'm, I was the same way. You have to get cash flowing properties specifically to start your investing journey because you're not going to be able to buy more properties. If you don't cash flow, it's like, not sustainable. Well, it's just from start. a lending point of view, lenders aren't going to give you money if you can't debt service that. So you need a massive yeah. income or your, your rent has to be able to service that. I agree. And you can't, if you're buying negative cash flow properties, like you can only buy one, even like without yeah, even counting exactly. the bank. Like you so how many so get your cash flow going yeah. and then you can start to speculate on that appreciation if you want to change asset classes. But for sure, I agree. is tough though. Kelowna's tough to find a cash flowing property right now. Especially with these interest rates, right? Like it's, they're not impossible, but it's not uh, super easy. Yeah. I tell people look off market. That's kind of given me a disservice as a real estate agent. But if you're a true investor, you'll hustle out there if you want to find some good cash flow properties. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, let's change the conversation then. So off market, we'll dive into your business as well, but how does that serve you as a a realtor? Like you're obviously just looking out for your clients, but um, you basically say, Hey, look off market, I'll help you. And then you try and 
facilitate that deal or how does that look? Correct. Yeah. So like I, I can give them some uh, tips or some approaches. Yeah. I would have to say a disclaimer. I'm not the best off market deal finder myself because I haven't done it. I've certainly tried really hard yeah. too, yeah. but I yeah. haven't been able to pull any off. But yeah, I just give them some advice. Like I think this is where like I believe in it so much. If I can see a person that is able to scale their portfolio and very ambitious, I have to give them the best advice. So looking yeah, sure. off market, if you want to be a true investor, something you have to learn to do. And then I just think in, in the long run, I hope they refer their business, their family to me, like if they buy and sell, yeah. like it just gets reciprocated there. Yeah. So. You know what actually is a really good way to find cash flowing properties? When I did this, when I first started, you go to Castanet or like a classified and you look for the rentals, like the places that are renting. And if they're vacant, you just call that guy up and ask him if he would like to sell. Right. Cause then you can see the property, you know, how much it's going to rent for. Cause he's advertising and you know, like you can tell it has a basement suite and all these things. I, that's how, how I found one of my rental properties. It was awesome. That would be like my number one way for yeah. people to find it'd be that and then door knocking. Yeah. yeah. Door knocking though. Like you do not, I do a lot of door knocking, but you have absolutely no idea what's on the other side of that door. <laughs> like you could be, it could be a dump or it could be like a palace and you have no idea. Right. So like it's door knocking is. I don't know if it'd be that successful like with this. Like it is successful for sales. I think for this, like it would just be, I know on the city website, you can see where, what places have legal suites, but it doesn't really count for non-conforming suites. I don't know how, like, unless you have a trick, I think it'd be kind of tough to do that. Yeah. It's, this comes going, going back to like, you got to find it a win-win for both people. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would say it's probably going to work best for distressed properties where these people maybe need a quick win or some cash. Like one of my best buddies here, he flips mobile homes in yeah. Kelowna and oh, he yeah. gets all his off market. He's just known in the park as like, you got a problem. You're late on your pad fees. Come here. But he is like a great dude, such a good people. So like even, and the people in the park love him because he flipped, like he fixes yeah. all these ones up yeah, and gets totally. a new tenant in. And yeah. so they help him out too. And that just goes back to like networking and building good relationships. Like yeah. any person that's going to sell is going to him first, bar none, because Those he can give them Mobile home parks are also like, they all know each other, right? Like that's happened to me a few times. You go in there, you sell one, and then all of a sudden you just phone search ring for everybody else too. So it's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. So to focus more on your business, you're with EXP as a brokerage. You started a couple of years ago. You yeah, in February of yep. uh, 2021. So two years ago. Yeah. Nice. I started February 2020. Oh, nice. Twins. Yeah. You guys do look similar. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. And what, uh, yeah. So what made you dive into to being a, an agent? Yeah. I just thought it was a good transition. Like one of my main goals is just to become prolific business owner. And that's quite a vague term on what that can mean, but I knew becoming an agent, I'm a one person business. I look after my marketing, my yeah. financing, yeah. sales, you look after everything inside. And I thought that was a great start for me to learn business and entry. It went hand in hand with real estate investing. So I thought I could leverage my investing knowledge from there. And it's a sales-based thing. So it does come down to a lot of hard work, which, you know what I mean? If you're willing to put in that work and figure it out, that you'll be reciprocated. Yeah. Is, was it pretty difficult, like moving from Medicine Hat to here? To, did you have a network here before? Did you move out with your girlfriend? What, um... Yeah, my girlfriend came along and uh, I knew no one, but I actually like had an amazing first two months. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Nice. How, how did you know Lee? How did you meet Lee? I just met him because uh, he was from Fort McMurray, another yep. young dude with our brokerage. So he is, he's your, also your partner. Your business Correct. Partner, right? Yeah. So he, Lee grew up in Fort McMurray. Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't know anyone did that. That everyone just went there. No, nope, nope. <laughs> his dad owned a business there, a pretty successful television wow. business. So yeah, they grew up there. 
I think he was the same as me. We we're like both born in Edmonton, but he went to Fort Mac. Uh, then he was selling in Fort Mac and then wanted to come out here and transitioned out here. Wow, okay. that's yeah. awesome. What a, that's a nice story. Uh, yeah, now that you mentioned So I think I've met Lee. Well, maybe you had a house listed on the West side as well. It was like a five unit Airbnb, like massive house. Yeah, we walked through that a couple of years ago. Where, was that the one in Castleloma? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yes, I remember seeing that one. Yeah, Lee yeah. walked us through. Interesting. So he's your business partner. Yep. Okay, yep. cool. Yeah, Lee's a good dude. We have to have him on the podcast too. Yeah. Up here. He's a good guy. So yeah, you, you joined EXP, like heard a lot of good things about the brokerage. They're providing you with support on social media, business planning. Like how does that look? Uh, Yeah, before I moved out, I did a lot of research. So I was like connecting with like other agents here just saying, hey, like I'm, looking to get my license, would you have a talk with me kind of thing? Yeah. And so I connected with quite a few people. They kind of pointed me in what direction they thought would be the best ones to do, interviewed all of them. Uh, at the end of the day, the reason why I went with them is like just the people that I was going to be a part of, I aligned with the best. I figured they were going to give me the most amount of support. So yeah, that's why I went with that direction in terms of my brokerage. And then, yeah, like it, it, it went quite well. I was like very nervous on how it was going to go. But I think in the first two months, like I sold almost $9 million in, in real estate. Nice. So yeah, which was like, how'd you get those leads? That sounds amazing. Before, like I had a rule of thumb is like, however long I was spending working, studying for real estate, I had to be like trying to prospect to find clients in Kelowna. So I was just reaching out to people on LinkedIn and Facebook who lived in Kelowna and ended up connecting with some real estate investors and had like some premeditated listings from people before I got my license. Nice. Good for you. Awesome. So would you change anything in the last 10 years then? Like, obviously you, you have a great story coming from Medicine Hat, buying all those property, having that cash flow to support you jumping into sales. Would you like, would you scratch all that and jump into sales right away as an agent? Or what would you do differently? Dude, this is a great question. Obviously looking at it 22 now, like I'm like, that's what I want to be. So if I would have started earlier, it would have helped. Yeah. But I think like me just getting into pipe fitting and it, it like them making me a supervisor, like I was looking after major million dollar projects when I was young, like supervising people who have been in the industry longer than I've been alive. And I was like their boss. Yeah. It just gave me a lot of confidence, yeah. which I think I was really lacking. You know what I mean? Had like and that goes back to like why I probably study so much business and all that. It's just like a crippling insecurity of like thinking I'm not intelligent enough or yeah. like knowing I'm not like that financially well off still and, and stuff like that, which is like a, I would say the biggest driver for everyone, whoever doesn't want to say well, that. Well, I love it. Really so like I flip the negative into a positive. Yeah. Now, yeah, I probably would have done something different, but I think it was the best thing that ever happened to me. So yeah. I was, I, somebody asked me this question earlier this morning. Like, I wish I started being an agent when I was 21. I don't know if I would be the same age or to be the same person if I did this at 21. Cause like those experiences that I've had before, they made you who you are now. Right. So you wouldn't think about it the same. Obviously I would have liked to change it, but would it, would I be the same now? Like, I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. I, that really resonates with me too. Like I didn't come from a family of money. So work ethic was like super key started work when I was really young. And now that we have a young son, I'm like, okay, how do I, instill that good work ethic in him, but still provide a great lifestyle. So yeah, it's a, it's a hurdle I'll have to tackle, but um, yeah, yeah, super important. I think you can't really change where you're coming from. You, you got to utilize the tools that you're given at a young age. Good for you, man. I would say that'd be like just a big reflection I had in my athletic career. Like I come from a family of every per, and I know your wife's obviously a superstar athlete too. And yeah. so you'll kind of resonate with this. Everyone in my family is a superstar athlete other than me. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, obviously like looking like I have the same genetics. I'm Wait, are you a... saying I'm not a superstar? Well, no, no. <laughs> well she played like Team Canada Stockton. That's pretty much it. Like, yeah. yeah. I could score on him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Fair. You can yeah. take her and yeah. like, basketball in the driveway maybe too uh, i got I, doubted, I, I got cut in grade 10 of yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah sorry go but yeah like i just really realized like and the reason why i think this happened too is i started coaching minor hockey so started coaching like the teams that i used to play for yeah. and i'm like coaching these kids and i'm like trying to tell them stuff and i'm like man i was my biggest worst enemy when i was playing right like just my mentality everything i did so then you started learning about sports psychology and I'm like, oh shit, like I got to fix myself here too, right? Yeah. So yeah, going back to that point, like I'm genetically, yeah, I'm probably a little bit slower and not as fast as every one of my other siblings and my parents, but I'm very capable and I could have done a lot more given especially all everything my parents did and the opportunities for me to reach that level. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of like an enlightening I had. Like once I started coaching hockey and and really realized like my main message to everyone is like your circumstances are your circumstances. Those are going to be fixed. But if you believe them, they're never going to change. You have the ability to do whatever you want. Yeah. I love that message. That's awesome. Like, yeah, you, so much to do with all of our successes, everything in life, is just mindset, 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 mindset. If you believe it, you can do it. If you had to give one piece of advice then to two people, one's a real estate investor, someone that wants to start investing in real estate and one's a new agent, because we have, you know, that's kind of our listener group right now. What would you give advice to? Yeah. So if you're starting out real estate investing, obviously you can tell with like how much I love talking about this. You can find any real estate investor online, just call them up and they'll tell you their playbook. Yeah. Like if some 19 year old kids like to me, like, Hey, can you give me the time of day to, or even if it was a 50 year old adult, I want to get in it. I'm going to, I'll talk to you all day long. Me too. I just love talking about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then after they do that, I would say, just get started. I don't know how many people have went and paid like the rich dad, poor dad training. They've gone to all the rain conventions. They're like five years in and rain member. They've never bought one. I know it's so cut and dry. Paralysis analysis or analysis paralysis. If they don't have money, you got to find how to use other people's money. So that means you got to all of a sudden start being a salesman. You got to learn how to sell yourself. You got to find a good deal then or whatever it may be. So you either fall in two buckets. You have the money or you don't, you know, your circumstances and those are the skills you got to develop in there. As an agent, I would say you got to find a way to, we're in the leads generating business. You know what I mean? It's uh, the more at bats you get, the more times you got, the more chances you got to hit home runs. Yeah. yeah. So find a way to generate leads and stick with it. And they probably fall in the same buckets too. Either you have some money to market yourself or you don't. So if you don't, you got to look at some free ways. You could be like Matt and just be a wizard at door knocking or cold calling. Um, What worked for me is I had some capital to invest. So I did some Google ads. Uh, but either way, you got to find one kind of bucket and then master the hell of it for the real estate investor advice. I, I love that. Like just do it, learn the lessons along the way. It kind of reminds me of Tim Ferriss for our work week guy. Yeah. He had about a hundred thousand dollars. So he was deciding to do an MBA or he was just going to like do his real life MBA by start investing, do angel investing. That's the route he went. You know, you learn lessons. He kind of thought if I'm going to throw a hundred grand away on an education, yeah, I, I may as well try and invest. Dude, I absolutely love that story because I was same thing. I read the four hour work week. I was wanting to get my MBA. So I didn't have a degree. So then I went and got certified in project management. If I get my designation, I could apply to get an MBA. I went through all the stuff, was like going to go to Queens because that's like a reptile one. They had like an international business program with Cornell. And pretty much that just goes back to all the insecurities. I thought I'd have a real big tire pumper if I had this like Queens MBA. 
and like was spending all this time, realized how big of money it was. I'm like, man, like, why don't I just buy some more real estate? It's giving me firsthand business like yeah. knowledge. I got to run all my bookkeeping. I got to finance. I got to do that. So then I kind of went away. But then I read the four hour work week. I'm like, oh shit, this like it's makes so much sense. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's I bought uh, like I bought a rental property in West Kelowna. With I always say I bought it with nothing but a dream. Like we did had no money. We had I just wrote a plan and I just went and found the deal. I found it. It was exactly what I said earlier. Is he put a place for rent on Castanet? So I called him. I wanted to see if he wanted to do a vendor take back. Turned out he was just not in a position to. So I just went and found some money to do for a down payment. Explained how it all worked and we bought the place. And now it's like. I don't even know how much money and equity I have in there now, but I never put a cent of my own money into that. All just from networking. You got too much equity in there. We should do a refi. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm talking to the wrong guy. You got six properties you can refi. <laughs> um, okay, well, I, I mean, some, this is obviously the first time I've met you. I love it. I love the authenticity, the, the transparency. What's kind of like biggest failure, struggle, like any life lesson that you could learn? Because that's obviously how we learn from other people's mistakes. You seem like you're pretty, pretty open that way. So for sure. Uh, I would say biggest failure would be like feeling sorry for myself. Like I know back like that whole, when I was starting, like my failing kind of in hockey, always had that poor me attitude. Then it kind of spiraled out of control, right? Like I was literally getting wasted every single day doing drugs. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, no wonder you feel like shit, right? Yeah. Quit drinking. And like, I instantly already had like a 50% mental boost, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? So like th- that Big stuff time. is kind of like embarrassing. And I consider it a failure more because just the way I, I treated people and how I act, like thought I was really sick and I wasn't, um, had nothing to like be cocky about or do that. But that just comes back to like trying to be more than you are. So I would say that kind of period of time I would probably be my biggest failure, just more with the way I acted and how I represented myself. So yeah, that would be the biggest failure for sure. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Yeah, I appreciate that. Hey, so what's uh you started the Apex group? Wanna tell us about that? Yeah, no, for sure. So just now I, I don't get the opportunity to coach hockey anymore, but I I love kind of like helping other people and coaching or just sharing what I'm doing or hearing other people, what they do. Yeah. Uh, so made this community for realtors. It's, it's hundred percent my playbook, everything I did that worked and didn't work. It's like very, you have a lot of stuff on there and it's yeah. like very, it's like, this is what I did. Do this, do this, do this. It's like awesome. Yeah. Totally. It's free. Anyone can join and just want to build it up. So, you know what I mean? We can learn from other people. I can, and I also think like when you're coaching people or you're sharing that information, it just makes you understand yeah. it better. So me teaching it and going through it, it's just going to make me better at being able to do it. Now kind of transitioning our team where we're going to be bringing on agents. We're going to be kind of like helping people in that regards. It's like a, a plug and play system that they can just be like, Hey, like I'm going to mentor you one-on-one, but how ambitious you are. We have this community here. You have my whole entire playbook. Use it. It's yeah. going to show you what to do. I love that. People are sometimes, I like this too. Like I'll talk about how exactly how I do everything and like nothing's a secret. I'm an open book. And people are like, well, aren't you scared? They're just going to use it and go. I'm like, that is such a poverty mindset, right? There's more than enough for everybody to go around. Right. So like, I just, just have to think of things in abundance and they just appear. So I love that you think of it that way. Unless I'm emailing your expired listing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Who is this guy? He, uh, one of my listings expired and, uh, my seller, like the next day sends me an email. It's like, who is this guy? And it's, it's Russ way before I rust. And it's like, Hey, uh, Dan, I noticed that you're, uh, listing expired. Ever thought about selling or you need another agent? And then I got that message years ago. I had no idea who that was. And then when I, when Russ and I connected again, I put in his name in my email and it was the first one that came up. It was, 
so I sent it to him. I was like, this is gold. Yeah. Hey, I mean, you got to respect that. Like, I respect that. So that was sure. perfect. I yeah. love that. Yeah. yeah, I didn't have really any at the time. So I'm like, I'm hitting these things. Huh? Yeah, that was a nice one too. I think it was like 3 million. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah. yeah. So like that was a... Uh, I respected that too. That was awesome. So yeah. what does the Apex group look like? It's online. Like, is that where the training is? Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's really cool. It's on like a new app that's just kind of like in the preliminary stages, like they're in VC. So I think they just had like their first A series round of funding. So the best part about it, like I was thinking about making a Facebook group, but then you got to go to Kajabi for all the courses, but then you can't really talk to people. So then you might have to have a Discord group. So it's hosted yeah. on one app it has a section for documents so i have all these different pdfs breaking down the exact systems with videos of explaining it and then it has a thread section where people can all communicate so like you introduce yourself what problems you're having general information we also do bi-weekly training in this so our training recordings go in there and then it has courses as well the courses i have in there right now is as a new agent how to get a sale in 30 days um Holy so it's crap, all one. it's away. like it's that's insane get on there it's crazy and it's you built this by yourself yeah that is wild. It's amazing. And it's like his videos, he shows all his uh, introduction to Russ video. Like I, I played Becca, like my wife, this video like 13 times. I was like, why do I not have a video this awesome? Oh, like my agent one? Yeah. 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 I said that's all. Well, that goes back into our Google ads. So like, obviously it's me talking to you on the phone. So like for them to kind of meet him, I send this introduction video. Yeah. This is like talking about myself to. Well done. Very well done video. And it's like, I want to hire you to sell my house, man. <laughs> maybe i'll become an agent yeah. Um, yeah, who knows how. Yeah. <laughs> where do they find the information like apexgroup.com or yeah it's in all my socials there so okay yeah yeah you, if you go to my instagram there's the link that you can go and do they just contact you or is it literally nope. a website nope. that, you like, just click on it and then you can join wow yeah. there's quite a few agents on there already so cool is it just realtors or is it couldn't be just realtors i yeah. don't want anything else in there yeah, yeah. and so what's like what's close your ears taylor yeah yeah <laughs> What's the end goal? Like, you want to scale it to a certain number? Like, what's kind of that? Totally. Yeah. So, like, um, and here I can be totally transparent enough too. Like, you just want to provide enough free content that I just have a continuous pool of people coming to my team. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, if I'm just delivering, it's free. Build it up to wherever it kind of reaches. You know what I mean? And and people think it's really kick ass. Then I can eventually have people that are going to be like, oh man, I'm in Kelowna. I can join your real estate team. So right. is it just local agents? No, it's mostly probably Canadian and US. So okay. this is essentially like you're scaling your EXP team. Correct. And you're going to help coach them. Correct. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's a great business model. Yeah, like it, I could touch on more like my philosophy on how I view it is I do plan on probably having kids. And so me working a hundred hours a week right now yeah, is totally. not sustainable. So I need some sort of way that I can attract some good talent that can join and then take over some of my yeah, and that's your residual income Correct. off there. So just doing it probably four years sooner than it has to. So then it's built up at the time. Then all of a sudden it's like, Hey, I can, yeah. I have some people to pick from. And was this like, did you think of it right away? How'd you come up with the idea? I actually tried to start a different business venture last year. So I can touch on that. That's what we're doing the podcast for. So this was probably like a failure I had last year where I wasn't focused solely on real estate. I have these big thoughts of like internet money. You know what I mean? I have like some yeah. friends that do yeah. some courses at like a 90% margin, not your time. So we tried to build a community tailored to entrepreneurs who want to live a sustainable lifestyle. So the, the thing was called soft. So it was like state of flow. We teach people how to, you know what I mean? Amalgamate your lifestyle be an entrepreneur and scale it. So I had health, wealth, fitness in there. And we built that community out, which was, it failed. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? But it allowed me to, to build this one because I learned how to do it. This is great. I know. I know. You know, look super ambitious and then putting it in the right places. Awesome. Yeah. 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 And that would be a good takeaway from anyone is like focus on one thing. So for the next three years, the only thing I'm doing is real estate. That's exactly. So that's exactly what I did before I was doing this. I was doing investing when I was working my last job. I was like, I need to get out of that job. So I just went full in on investing. That's how I found where I could buy houses with none of my own money. But then what happened is I became an agent and realized I couldn't get approved. I couldn't get a mortgage for two years. So I just put the investing on hold and just went all in on agenting. And then once I'm, now that I'm like a little more established, like right now it's still all on agent, but I think at some point I'm going to go back into investing just because you, it's too hard to have too many things going on. You need to do like one, pretty much one thing, like right? One thing. Well, I'm, I'm just scrolling through the notes, trying to figure out how you have so much time to be proactive. And I think it's coffee. You said you're a coffee drinker. The only <laughs> coffee drinker we have yeah. on here so far. So, well, like, honestly, I have like, I go out for a night of beers and I'm hungover for like 10 days. So, like, just don't do that. And you're already so far ahead. This is great. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you want to touch on before we wrap up? Like, I, we're going to have to have you back. Obviously, this has been like some great info. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, like, uh, there'd be a few things for sure, like touching on your point of uh, you want to stay focused. Yeah. And that's how I look at it. So, um, and here's where a lot of people will make this make. So like, even say if I'm comparing myself to Taylor, who has a massive portfolio, like yeah. that's not where I'm at right now. And yeah. people have to understand that, like in order for me to get there, like you probably dedicated a shit ton of time, a lot of years, yeah. a ton of time, uh, to doing that. And when you're starting out, like you just have to get one. Yeah. That's yeah. all you have to do. Don't think about getting 70. It's no different than my real estate business. Okay. Like I want to make a uh, million dollars this year, but I need to be getting six sales a month. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And have we been able to do that so far? No. So I got to be like, yeah. hey, so you be I got six sales. Okay. Yeah. So this week, that means I yeah. need to get two because I didn't get any, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so you break it down finite like that, but know where you are. For me, wanting to be a really successful businessman doesn't make sense for me to compare myself to Elon Musk. No, you know no, I mean? exactly. Like you, you got to know you what sandbox the stars, but you also to be able to. Oh, fuck yeah. 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 Like yeah. you're, you're yeah. trying to reach the moon, but you know yeah. what sandbox you're in and, and stick to that. But it comes down to focus. Like I've done it so many times where I start minoring and all these things. And, and then the biggest driver of safe, like in our business, say now all of a sudden I can build my realtor business up where I am netting a really good margin. And then say I have 250 K net every single year because my business is so profitable. Well, my real estate investing is just going to go through the roof. Yeah. Or if I can just dabble yeah. in it and I only maybe have 50 grand a year, like there's huge discrepancies in those numbers. We also don't want to get into a position where you start comparing yourself because you could always find someone bigger, better, everything. Right. And like, I don't think that's compare yourself to yourself yesterday. Right. So like, can just try and build on you what you're doing today to make yourself better tomorrow instead of what you're doing or someone else is doing. I do not so much comparing yourself, but I do like to have someone, you know, slightly ahead of you to, oh, yeah. to elevate you. But I also like someone that you're helping and giving time, which you're obviously doing that with your apex group to, to keep you grounded. You know, like it's that fine line of keeping balance. You want to be ambitious, but you want to still enjoy life and you want to give back and, and find joy in helping other people. So and you also surround yourself with people that are going to help bring you up right like that's yeah, a big thing for sure yeah time for everyone's favorite part of the show the ice maker section brought to you by myself matt glenn okay best habit routine that you attribute to your success uh something you feel the listener could benefit from i would say reading awesome reading is like sometimes even in the car i'll listen to i'll find myself listening to music for a while and like i love music and sometimes that's motivating but you put on a good book like a really good self-help like or motivation book, it's 
fire up your whole day and week. Like it's actually amazing. With that, man, what's the best book you have read or are currently reading? Yeah. So I think I said uh, Awakening the Giant. Yeah. So that was the one that like got me out of my funk. Like I'd never read a book in my life, like being dyslexic and just like yeah. never done. And then I read that book and I was like, oh man, this guy's giving me a spoonful of like some good shit here. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? And it's like, yeah, wow, yeah. I need to eat this more up. And like at the time, I'm kind of like, oh, this is corny BS. Like I'm not going to be this fucking like yeah. guy that's off in fairy tale land thinking the whole world's awesome. And like yeah. there's stuff that's out there that's not good. But just hearing everything that he did and his perspective, I'm like, oh my God, man. Like, yeah, yeah. like if you can apply kind of like his pain and pleasure points that he talks about in that yeah. book, it's, it's yeah. life changing. With the book topic, have you ever read Vivid Vision? No, I haven't. I, I think that I think you'd love that from Cameron Harold. He's a Canadian guy, built up one eight hundred, got junk. Yeah, I've heard of that company. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a pretty cool. I mean, the book's good, but the theory behind it and actually going through the practice itself is is amazing. It's Vivid Vision. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah, it's a solid book. Okay. What's your favorite quote? <laughs> <laughs> So this one is live, love, laugh, and make money. So that's like true to my heart, man. Like, yeah. I think you ought to have a good personality. It's like no point if you're if you're the richest dude in the world, if you're square and no one wants to be around you. Yes, yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and then you want to love, right? Like family is so awesome. Like nothing, even now being away, like that's the biggest thing that I miss the most is not being able to see my parents, not able to see my family. And I think everyone should try to make money. Like why just live with the status quo and and not be able to do what you want. And the reality is, is like 90% of what you're able to do revolves around money. So if you can find a way to kind of mitigate all that and do what you want, and then you're loving life, laughing and loving. Like, I love yeah. that. You know, like, exactly. This is the system we're in. So you could fight it all you want and bitch about it, or you just learn to play it. And also you need to have ambition for your own happiness. Like, my God, you some, see some people that are just have no ambition and they're just so miserable. Right? I feel like when you more ambitious you are, generally the happier people are. For me, it's about being productive. Like if I'm if I'm crushing goals and and advancing in life, yeah, I'm just you're getting more motivated as you go. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, me too. Okay, what can our listener do to help you? Uh, platforms you're on, contact information. How can people reach out? Yeah, on all the social media platforms, but uh, go to my LinkedIn or my YouTube. So those are the two that I. Do you want do you want agents to try and join Apex or what are you thinking? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Just go to my Instagram or or you can reach out to me, but there's links in all those. So awesome. Love to hear it. um, Yeah, this was this was great, man. Yeah, thanks, Russ. Yeah, thanks for being so transparent with everything. And yeah, looking forward to having you back. Yeah, yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Kelowna Real Estate Podcast. Be sure to reach out and let us know how else we can add value to your Kelowna real estate journey. Please show some support by hitting the like, share, and subscribe button. This is sponsored by Matt Glenn Real Estate and Taylor Adventure Mortgages.